I am Plata on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Amber McMillan joins me again, the writer who's appeared on this program in the past with a memoir and, and then a collection of short fiction is uh, on now to discuss her recent poetry collection, her second, This is a Stick-Up. I'll ask Amber about the themes in the book. I got a sense of grief as well as the contending with loss. There's uh, obviously more, but I'll get her to dwell on dreams and memory as well. I'll uh, ask her about writing and uh, what it's like to move through various genres as she does. Amber McMillan's previous books include her first poetry collection, We Can't Ever Do This Again, the memoir The Woods, A Year on Protection Island, which uh, she was uh, first on the program with in 2016, and the 2021 short story collection, The Running Trees. She's uh, won a number of prizes for her writing. This collection is published by Woolsack and Wynn. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Amber McMillan. Ms. McMillan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, I have to assume that, that, that as a poet, um, when, you're, when you're promoting a book like this or, or whatever you meet readers say, um, you get all these tiresome questions about um, a poem in the book and what it means, or, or did it really happen to you? Um, do you get that a lot? I do, um, which is funny. Uh, now that you say it that way, um, it's funny to actually ask that of a poet, isn't it? I think we're used to asking that of another kind of writer. Sure, novelists, um, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems especially strange to ask that of a poet, although it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, 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 all kinds of poets get these things, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And um, what, what, when readers say, come to you, and um, mention a certain poem in a collection, like this is a stick-up, um, and um, tell you what they felt, is that useful at all to you? It's useful in the general usefulness of knowing something you didn't know before, mm. or entering um, a conversation... Um, different from one that you've had with yourself about the same subject. So in that way, it's interesting and useful. Um, but otherwise, I would say, no, not particularly useful. Yeah, I would uh, Yeah, I would think if, if say, I said a, a poem in this collection um, meant this, and if, if I completely misinterpreted it to, to whatever you meant, Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that that would be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a person who also studies literature, um, and, you know, when we institutionalize the study of literature, of course, um, we make it a certain way with a whole set of rules. Um, so I'm talking about, like, university, for example. Sure. And the whole job of the student of literature is to um, interpret, um, which... Is, is problematic for so many reasons, but least of all the reason that you've just brought up, which is this idea that there might be some um, permanent or static meaning to any poem and that the poet m- meant it a certain way. And if you've misinterpreted that, you've somehow errored yeah. or failed at your job. Uh-huh. Um, that whole idea is already flawed from the beginning. So when I when someone approaches me, Having having a completely different, having extracted a completely different meaning from a poem that I wrote, um, it not it neither surprises me nor upsets 
because I think that that is that is simply the very function of of writing. There, mm-hmm. There's no other way. Yeah. Do you um, do you um, um, often turn to poetry say, in your daily life? I mean, uh, not just in terms of say writing it, but but reading it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, partly because I'm a student. Um, and I'm reading. I'm a PhD student at UNB right uh-huh. now, so I'm reading poems all the time uh, because I have to, but also because I want to. And I and I do have a lot of collections that I return to, as well that I've had for years, and I and I keep reading them over and over again. So I've interviewed in the you in the past uh, on your memoir, um, yeah. on your uh, short story collection, and now poetry. Um, which of these various forms of writing uh, can you remember doing the earliest? Was it poetry? Yeah, well, my first book was a poetry book um, as well, too. And uh, that's definitely my earliest. And it's also the mode at which I'm just the most comfortable writing in. Or, mm. yeah, the one that just makes me feel uh, like I really have a handle on what I'm trying to do here. Whereas with other the other kinds, like fiction... And memoir, I found to be, it, it took a lot more work, if I can use the word that way. Like it took a lot more work to get it the way I, the way I wanted or intended or hoped would happen. It's less natural. It comes less naturally. I'd assume that that, that the work itself would be, say, rewriting. Um, yeah. There is there is rewriting, obviously, in poetry as well, isn't there? Yeah, I think there is. Um, Personally, I try not to rewrite too much because I think that something gets lost in some sort of a... I think you can improve the technical quality of your poems when you rewrite them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a real fine line between improving the technical quality of your poems and then losing some of the sort of human spontaneity that comes uh, before the editorial process, right? before the rewriting process. And so I never really want to take away that. Mm-hmm. So I try not to rewrite, um, unless I have to. And there are, of course, times where I just feel compelled I have to rewrite it or I have to change some significant part of this poem. But mostly I think about it before I write it down, organize it before I write it down, and then by the time I actually get it down, it's pretty much the way I want it. Which yeah. I can't say at all is the case for any other genre. Yeah, yeah. What is it like to, to say reread a poem? I don't know. You, you you pick up this as a stick up and then and, and uh, read something. And are you are you one of these poets that that um, can see the possibility of say rewriting something even after long after it's been published? No, definitely not. No, um, I have, and this this is probably due to like I have. A condition in which my memory is is pretty shitty, pretty shoddy um, about a lot of things. So actually, what more often happens is I'll read an old poem and I'll forget having even read, having written it at all, (laughs) and I'll be surprised that it was me. Um, (laughs) So that happens more more often. And then also, I I try not to read my old poems just Mm. because I I uh, I know too much. I've seen behind the curtain. Hey, uh, there are a couple of poems in, in uh, not a couple, a few poems in, in This is a Stick-Up, where they almost read like um, 
Um, I was going to say diary entry, but I mean, I, I think that that's a little too simplistic. I think they, they seem like moments in one's life that um, have a lot of memory, say, uh, in them. And and yeah. um, do you, do you, um, looking back at some of those moments, say, in your own life, do you, do you see them in some of the poems in this, in this collection? Yeah, well, uh, so that reminds me, um, my oldest friend, Lindsay, who who uh, came to visit me just a few weeks ago. She uh, was stationed downstairs in our guest room and couldn't sleep because of the time difference, and so she picked up my, my poetry book and she read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then she came upstairs the next morning, and, and I say she's an old friend because I want to say that she knows a lot about me right. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she read this book, and this is a stick-up, and she said, Amber, I know about every single thing in this book. This is a, this is the truth. She mm. says. <laughs> and I felt both. I felt I felt simultaneously exposed, and like um, and also um, like the positivity of being seen rightly, right? Mm. Which and I know too that this this now contradicts what I said earlier. But I will say about this book that you know it all happened and it yeah. all happened this way, <laughs> um, which is. Which is unusual, I think, um, just in my own writing, because I think I, I, te- I tend not to want to be totally exposed. Yeah. Um, but when you say that this book sounds a bit like, I think, I think when you say diary entry, you mean something like there's a distinct intimacy. This uh, I am telling you, my friend Joe, secrets about my life, and I am doing that. Um, so I think you're not wrong to feel that way, and I'm glad you feel that way, and I hope everyone feels that way. Yeah, because I am trying to have that that relationship with whoever reads the book. Yeah, a diary doesn't seem like a good good word, but I mean, I I, I could see uh, the, the writer opening this book and um, uh, seeing moments of their life in it and mm-hmm. remembering, I guess. Um, yeah. And um, to memory, I'm, I'm just wondering, um, in, in this collection, it seems that bad memories outweigh the good ones. Is that is that your sense as well? Yeah, um, this is supposed to be sort of the story of the grief I have. Um, and so in doing, in trying to think about that and write about that, I had to go back to my hometown, which is London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And I had just not a good time. I, I didn't have what I would have called like a good, positive, healthy upbringing. And it's not, it's not entirely the fault of London, of course. Yeah. But um, I just used that as um, a touchstone geographically. And when I talk about London, I, I, I can't talk. I, only these stories come up, stories like this come out. There aren't. I don't have other stories about London, so this was a way for me to sort of just get back to the roots of my grief or the excavation. I'm just showing the excavation, I think. And so, the, the um, excavating one's grief, as you do in, in the collection, yeah, yeah. Um, th- does that mean that um, w- once you've thought about it and then um, written poetry about it? fit it into words, say, 
um, does it signal that that um, you, you've come away from 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 the grief, or is it still there? Say, it's 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 certainly still there, um, but it's just the difference between looking at it or not looking at it, mm. which doesn't change its thereness, right? Yeah. I'm also wondering the distance, whether it's time or place, um, because you're in a different part of the country now. You've yeah. lived in another part of the country. I'm speaking about the West Coast. Um, yeah. do, do you think that um, might have um, a relationship to how one, say, processes the grief or understands it? Yeah, in the, in the way that, you know, dis, distance, um, you know, is necessary, I think, for any kind of, uh, any kind of real processing, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to get away a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, and I think in that way it's progress. I think in that way, let me put it this way. To my mind, it's, it's better than, looking is better than not looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm chuckling because I, I uh, sometimes we don't want to, right? Right, right. And I think we are worse for it sometimes when we when we uh, don't think about these things or try to forget them. Yeah, yeah. Even though I mean, I can well sympathize with the short term appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what do you um? feel when um, people say, well, um, they've read a poem in this collection and um, they found something useful about how to work through grief. I mean, is that gratifying at all? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, why would I write, why do I write at all? I mean, I could just write these poems in my diary and put them on the shelf. Um, I mean, when when we publish... When, re- when anybody publishes, it's an intentional decision to reach out, to say something to somebody, right? I mean, that's, that's the only purpose of publishing. And so if I've done that and uh, in any way, any small way, interfered in a positive way with someone else's life, I've positively interfered, then I, that's a real win. No question. Yeah. It also makes me feel part of something. So it's selfish, too. Yeah, another theme in, in this is a stick-up is loss. Um, and, and, and taking loss and grief and, and your, say, understanding of it, your working through it, um, do, do you... Um, um, because it, as I just mentioned it, it, it might help someone. Um, does it help you, say, in, in, in uh, subsequent moments of grief? I mean, are you able to take, say, less? I mean, you, you already said sometimes your memory is not so good. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it, the, working through it is something that we all have to relearn, isn't it? Working through grief? Yeah, that... that, that, that yeah. Um, um, you see, I might read read this collection and, and might might glean something useful, um, and that that might in the future, um, in a in a future moment of grief, may may be helpful. 
Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know: is it, does it does it um, are you able to find wisdom in your own say work? That's a really interesting question. Um, my my, you know, without thinking it through, my instinctual response to you is no, I don't, and the reason is because. Um, my poetry tends to be the result, the, the the evidence of a lesson learned, the result of the lesson, and then I put it down. So by the time I've written it down, um, it's more or less, I, I know it, I understand it. Yeah. So going back to it then, um, does little to, it is a kind of going backwards that is not, all that useful to me as the writer. But having said that, um, I return to other poets, like I said earlier, mm. over and over again, at different periods of different griefs, right? That's another thing. Is grief is not some single experience, right? Or the same experience all the time, right? Right. I mean, yeah. even your own griefs and my own griefs are, are different. Um, um, in our own lives, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so having said that, yeah, I, I do return to the same ones, having going over the same lessons in their books, um, having to remind myself of those lessons again. But no, not in my own. Yeah, and I, I think um, all wisdom is relearned at, at some point, even even you know a, a day later. Even I mean, there, there are certain things that we know that are good for us. Like a, a good diet and exercise, you know, but we forget that occasionally, regularly, and I think yeah. that's the same thing with with all kinds of lessons in life. Um, anything that's helpful, I suppose, is is um, we we do forget these things. Yeah, and sometimes forgetting is 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 what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. I, Not I, much of an answer. <laughs> no, no, but I, but but I, I think I, I know what you're saying, and then I think people listening to this will know what you're saying. I wrote down in my notes here that the, the, to ask you whether um, loss is easier to contend with as one gets older. Um, looking back at that now, I, I, I think it's just a silly question because I think um, we just answered that in terms of that that um, loss or uh, loss especially um, can can affect one in varying degrees that. Yeah. The loss of someone yeah. close um, may be different at different points in one's life, right? Yeah, and I think, too, you need to separate um, an event like loss from the feelings to the event, the feelings associated with the event. And I mm. think those those things change as we age. Um and our relationship to loss changes as we age. How comfortable we are holding its hand changes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but that, but that is to say that these things are separate, right? And I think loss is no less profound as we go along. Um, like the child, the child who loses their, the child who loses their favorite toy. Sure. Yeah. Right. Is is a, a catastrophic event to that child. It's no different than me losing uh, my spouse. In terms of 
my relationship to that loss and that child's relationship to their loss, right? So the profundity, I think, remains the same, but our relationships to it change and evolve, yeah. And I I know of adults who who lose childhood toys um, and grieve about it in adulthood because they're they're, they're, um, lamenting how how much it's worth now <laughs> and yeah. if if only they had it they'd be uh, better yeah. off you know <laughs> yeah thousands of dollars richer I guess. exactly yeah. yeah um i wrote down the word dreams because that's a that's a another thing i got out of the book that that um some of these the, the so, uh, a couple of the poems in the book uh, are probably um they mention say um you in this state of of, of uh, dreaming or, or coming to uh, um, a thought or a memory because of a dream. Um, do, do you dream a lot? I don't get enough uh, sleep uh, or nearly enough sleep that I need that I don't get to that point most nights. Yeah. So, no, I, I would say that I don't dream a lot or I don't remember them anyway. Mm. Um but uh, I would also say that the dreamscape or the, the, the dream trope is just an easy way for a writer to say something happened in the dream. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But you're really saying something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would say the one I can think of about the dream is, has to do with albino bats. Um, was not really a dream I had, but is an extended metaphor. <laughs> That I call a dream in the in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um. M- most times, um, that I've had dreams, like where where I'm, I'm able, you know, once every couple of months to get enough sleep or more than enough sleep. I don't. I I find the older I get, I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'll I'll um, think, well, yeah, I've had too much sleep. Um, I need to go back to before and get sleep deprived a bit, which is which I know is counterintuitive to, to living life itself. But um, I don't know. I just don't. I don't like to be uh, left with my own thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and and one, it's hard not to try to interpret your own dreams. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you really get into trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. it, it is um. Because writing is your job, you're 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 studying. Um, now um, you've you've written in the past. You're you're always writing. Um, when is it not enjoyable for you? Uh, my school writing, because it's on a deadline and there are grades associated with it. And stakes are high, and my reputation, you know, is being. You know, it's being uh, like like it's being monitored, and um, at, at the at, at, in the academic world of writing, it's so different from the non-academic world of writing. And having one foot on each in each, you know, uh-huh. world is is very weird, disorienting. I have to change, I have to change my relationship to writing to to suit my environment as a survival kind of technique. So. I'd say that the difficult going to school for writing has 
attempted to ruin my relationship with writing. And I have to, like, strongly hold on through to the other side of this degree and just hope to hell I can still enjoy being a writer after this. Well, what do you intend to do with the degree once you get it? Do, 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 do you want to teach, say? Yeah. See, I had taught English before, mm-hmm. and I just uh, and I just didn't like it. And so, teaching creative writing was always something that was just so much more more enjoyable for me to earn a living. And so, because they've come up with they had an they they used to just have an MFA in creative writing, but now now they've introduced a PhD. So the MFA is no longer a terminal degree. So now when they're hiring for creative writing, they're looking now for PhDs. So it is a purely practical degree so that I can teach creative writing. So if, if, if um, it's not enjoyable in, in, in the sense of as, as you, you, you pursue writing, um, what, um, what is it like when you do, when you do have to, say, say uh, publish a collection of poems and have to, to write towards that? Um, does the um, affection for writing does that change? It's like it's like the first sunny day after six months of winter. Mm. It's like the 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 freedom just seems so much more free. <laughs> the freedom to I can write whatever I want, you know. Yeah. Uh, and whether I publish it or not is just sort of beside the point. But I I have the freedom to write whatever I want. And that is like huge. That is like that means everything. How do you write poetry? Is it, is it on uh, like w- w- on paper with a pen, or, or you know, do, do you have a lot of poems say, on your, your computer that that um, you're working on? Yeah, I have a document on my computer called Poems, and then I put the year next to it so I know what year I'm, I'm looking at. Yeah. And then I have on my phone, on my cell phone, I have a notes app, which is which is just for. Uh, lines and words and stuff that will come to mind as I go through the day and I need to put them down somewhere. So I have this app and I can do it with my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just say it into my phone and it writes it into this little app for me. And then I also have a journal by my bed for, with a pen for when I need it when I'm in bed. And then those are the main, those are the main three. I'll, I'll sometimes have scraps of paper around the house too and I'll put them on my fridge so yeah. I can transfer them later. It's a. It's really. It's a multi-fingered operation. I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, I'm not a writer, um, but um, sometimes I'll jot something down that I'll need to remember, and if I lose it, um, it's awfully frustrating. Does that happen a lot? Oh well, yeah, it's gone. It's gone for good too. I can't ever get it back. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've tried. I've tried to get the line back, and I and I can't. It's gone, and I have to just let it go. It's just one of those things that happens. It's another loss you just have to live with. Indeed, indeed. Um, there, there are poems in, the, in this collection. This is a stick-up that I that I enjoyed. That that, that um, I even had fun with, if you will. Um, and oh, uh, there, there were some that that obviously uh, lingered. Um, not necessarily about but your own grief, but it made me think about things in in one's own life and and. Um, the, the, those moments of, say, reflection, I think I, I, um, I don't know if I enjoyed, but I, I, I certainly found something useful at the end of the day. So, so I, I, I appreciated the, the poems in this book. So um, congratulations and continued good luck with it. It's been, been fun chatting again. 
Well, thanks a lot. I'm, uh, I really appreciate that, and I'm glad that you found something useful. That's the best I could hope for. And it was great to talk to you, too. It always is. I, uh, I, I email your, your husband, Nathaniel, uh, regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you, you'll say hello for him uh, uh, to him for me. I will. I will. The book is called This is a Stick-Up. It's published by Woolsack and Wynn. It's uh, author Amber McMillan. Join me on the line from Fredericton, New Brunswick in uh, Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.